Joining us now to talk tennis is Jeff Simpson. Jeff, welcome to the very first edition of the Serve. How are you? Very good, thanks, Ricardo. Thanks for having me on, mate. A pleasure, a pleasure. Thanks for doing it. Uh, we just had Nicholas uh, Lamprin on the ASB Classic tournament director, and we talked a little bit about how we've got a play-in tournament uh, for the Kiwis here to win a wild card into the main draw and the runner-up to win a uh, wild card into the qualifying as well. What do you make of this as a, a different way of, I guess, um, rewarding our best players? Well, I think everybody knows it's on, and anybody that's really keen to to, to try and get into the ASB Classic, it's a it's a great opportunity for them. Um, I, I think that you know, guys could know know that they're going to you know know that they're going to have this tournament. They can prepare for it, and you know, to play in front of their home crowd and get the opportunity to play against these top players at that level, they don't get that opportunity too much. So, I think it's a great idea. I guess the the timing of it as well, ahead of you know, say the Australian Open, for example, where some of our youngsters uh, may go and have have an opportunity, um, it gives them a, a level of competition they might not normally get at this time of year. Even the play-in competition is something that they might norm, not normally get at this time of year. Yeah, no, it is good. I, you know, I remember when we with the tournaments before we used to have you know the residentials uh, a long time ago right before the qualifying. So it gave those guys, you know, they could train hard, play the residentials, get a few matches, and then go into the qualifying. Or if they were lucky enough to get a wild card, go into the tournament and um, and the ASB, you know, uh, you know the, the main draw. And, and that prepares them um, for, you know, for the year coming up too. You know, you've got to remember that. To play these players at that level is a, is a great experience for these players. Yeah, very much so, mate. I mean, who are some of the names that you think we should be looking out for? Because, you know, outside of Mike Venus, um, there's not too many household names, I guess, in tennis from a New Zealand point of view these days. Well, there's a lot of younger players coming back. I don't know the, the kids that are, who are coming back, and I haven't seen the draw, but who are coming back from college. But, you know, you've got guys that are in college, like this Finn Reynolds, um, you know, KP uh, from Wellington, uh, you've got young junior that's been playing the Grand Slams, Jack Lauter. You've got a young boy out here playing the 18s, uh, Diego. Um, so there's quite a few guys in that area. I don't know the girls as quite as well coming back, but um, I'm sure they're pretty strong. You know, um, are, you know, pretty strong kids from college. So, and that have been out there playing the circuit. So you know, it's 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 those kids that need this opportunity to. To, to sort of match themselves up to see where they want to get. Because, mm. you know, the whole thing is so different. Is, you know, you're playing the, the futures all the time. You know, you don't really see what the level is and you don't play against the level. And so to have the opportunity to, to beat your peers and to get out there and play those, those players is just a phenomenal, you know, experience for them. So from what you were telling me, Jeff, from what I'm picking up here, is that there is a, um, you know, the future is bright in terms of um, uh, up-and-coming players for New Zealand tennis. There seems to be a lot more, uh, I, I don't know if this is a scholarship thing and there's more available now, but there seems to be a lot more playing at that level than we've had in the past. Yeah, I think there there are a lot of good players. You know, you're seeing quite a few good kids out there. It's just getting the opportunities, which are hard today. And, you know, a lot of them go out and they, unfortunately, they get kind of get because of financial reasons and everything kind of get stuck at a futures level mm. and that's sort of the first development and then you've got the challenges after that and then to get onto the ATP tour and the difference between the futures and even the challenges in the tour is, is quite huge and 
it's just playing against that level of player. That's how you develop your game more. And um, this is what our guys really need. It's, it's kind of like if you, you know, you imagine you come along and you get into the future, you sort of you land there, but you want to jump out of it really quickly. You want to test yourself against the best players. And, you know, that's how you do it. And, you know, the only way to do that is to, as I said, get out on the circuit and stay out there until you break through, really. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it hasn't changed from the days we were out there. You know, we were out there for 10, 11 months of the year, and it's still the same. We just stayed out there till we, you know, the players, they broke in. You broke into the circuit. And um, so they just got to play at that level, and that's how you get better. There's, um, there's some interesting players coming here. Uh, I was just talking, as I mentioned, to Nicholas Lamprin, and there's two teenage sisters out of the Czech Republic um, whose surname I'm probably going to butcher. In fact, Nicholas even said he just calls them Linda and Brenda. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> Fruvatova uh, is their surname. And apparently yep. um, uh, Linda, she's the youngest player inside the top 100 in the WTA. She's 17. Her 15-year-old sister... Uh, Brenda has won five straight titles on the ITF Pro Circuit, meaning it's 25 matches in a row, and she's actually won seven titles in total this year. She's only dropped two sets. Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's good. I mean, she obviously sounds ready. Have they made the cut, or are they wild cards? Uh, it sounds like that they, uh, they're going to be in the cut. It looks like they've, I think they might have given the younger sister a wild card, and the older sister is qualified. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah but I mean, that... That's a good thing about this tournament, isn't it? Not not only does it give our players a pathway and an opportunity, but it also uh, gives tennis fans here an opportunity to see some players that might be, you know, the best players in the world in the not too distant future before they blow up. Oh yeah, that's well, that's what our tournament has really done. Because you know, if you think over the years, the players that we've had here, we've had the Federer's, the Juan Carlos Ferreras, um, the David Nelbandians, the Rafa Nadal's. The, Curtains. We've had all those guys when they've been sort of just coming out of juniors. They've come here, and you know we've been lucky enough to get a few of them back, of course. But um, we've seen them there early, and that's what's really exciting for us because we see those guys break through, like David Ferrer when he came. You know, he won his first tournament here on hard court. He never won a tournament on hard court before, and so you know he would come back every year in preparation because he felt good here. So. To see those type of players when they're younger, and then they you can follow them through their careers, which is which is a great opportunity because it's you know the tournament's perfectly placed, obviously right before the Australian Open. So we're we're lucky enough that they want to come here and play. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, what about uh, for you personally, mate? I mean, you know, this tournament's been around. Um, well, from a men's point of view, has been around since 1956 uh, in one form or another. Uh, but what does this tournament mean to you? And what are you, what's maybe some of your favourite memories of this tournament? Well, I grew up with the tournament as a player, and I was lucky enough to play it. I got to the, you know, I played some. You know, we used to play mainly. Used to be a lot of Australians playing, and we get the odd, um, you know, overseas guy, you know, outside. Australia and New Zealand coming down and then it developed you know over the years it developed where because it was a sort of a warm-up play uh, tournament for the for the Australian Open we started to get more and more players to come down I think the first guy I remember I helped come down here was Milislav Machia and he was sixth in the world and he wanted to come down but because he wanted to come to New Zealand because he loved fly fishing and so (laughs) 
you know, he he came down and, and played the tournament. And it sort of started from there. We started to get more and more players coming uh, down. And I was lucky enough in those days, I was helping um, Auckland Tennis and the recruitment of those players. And so being on the circuit and having quite a few contacts, um, I was able to, you know, get a few of these guys to come down. And, um, you know, it sort of developed from there. And, you know, they made the tournament sort of conducive for the Australian Open where they changed the surface to very similar. They changed the balls to the same ball. Um, they gave the top four seeds a buy so they didn't have to get down here till a Wednesday. And so they've done everything they can to accommodate, you know, the best players they can get for the tournament. And, you know, it's gone from strength to strength. You know, you've had... We saw what Carl Budge did with it, and we've seen now what Nicholas has, has done to recruit. And, you know, having three players, I think, in the men's top 20s is a great effort, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we've seen, the, we've, seen the tip, we've seen the tournament go through lots of stages and develop to get better and better and better. I looked through some of the former winners, and there's a name that stands out in neon lights from 1974, Bjorn Borg. Um, yeah, I mean that that was a little bit before my time, Jeff. But what was that like having a guy, you know, who was clearly the best or one of the best two or three players in the world down here at the time? And how much of a uh, uh, circus is probably not the right word, but I mean, how excited did people get? Yeah, he was very excited to get, obviously, because he's been one of the greats to come down here. But um, you know, he was with the the agency IMG and, and they used to go around and he came down here and did exhibitions down here, but, you know, coming down early in his career, um, you know, to get down and, and play to see him because he wanted, you know, obviously the hard court practice, but, you know, just to see a player like that and, you know, in real life terms, it was just, it was just phenomenal, you know? Yeah. Did you, did you ever get a chance to have a hit with a bloke like that? I mean, I, I talked to my uncle over, <laughs> over in Australia, um, uh, who played, uh, he represented New South Wales, but he never went pro. But when they had the tournaments over there, he used to play with some of the top women, female players as warm-up games for them. Did you, you ever get opportunities to have a hit with a guy like that? Well, actually, I played uh, beyond when he was 16 in Davis Cup, and uh, Oni Parent and I were playing, and um, he beat Oni the first day in five sets, and then I played him on the last day, and the match took, you know, quite a number of hours and you know the first three sets were close and it was two sets to one to him and by the time I got to the fourth set you know he'd worn me down you know as you can imagine playing on clay mm. the amount of balls that came back and um you know we we, we said we, we both said there that you know like it's probably one of the toughest matches I'd ever had and he was still just on his way up he's only 16 and so um you know I as I said, I have been fortunate to play. I played them both singles and doubles, and and actually, only and I beat them in the doubles. But um, you know, they beat us overall, and uh, we played them in Sweden, um, little town called Borstad, which is a a great opportunity and a great memory for us. Yeah, it would be. Chuck that on the CV. Beat Bjorn Borg. Forget about the rest. <laughs> well, you forget about these things, but it's so long ago. But you know, it was to get the opportunity to play. A, to play a, a great like that when he's coming up was, you know, a really, you know, really, you know, at the time you're disappointed that you lose, but, you know, afterwards you feel like, well, you know, I didn't do that badly. Yeah, no, did did pretty damn good, man. Pretty pretty damn yeah. good. Hey, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on and having a chat today, mate. Yep. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at the tennis over the summer, eh? 
Yeah, we sure will. All right, Thanks. good stuff. Jeff Simpson there with us, uh, former Tour Pro, of course, and Davis Cup captain.